0: this is Richard Jacobs with the future tech and uh, future tech health podcast, and I have Dr. David Heath. He's the founder and CEO of cutatronics uh, It's C-U-T-I-T-R-O-N-I-C-S. The sounds to me like a cuticle, you know, cuticle and electronics merged together, but
1: uh, that's exactly what anyway. it is.
0: Oh, excellent. Okay. Well, well
1: done.
0: David, thank you for coming. Uh, tell me a little bit about what led you to create cutatronics
1: Well, um, so my own background is in biomedical engineering and, and medical devices, and I was originally working on uh, technologies for um, looking at, pay, you know, uh, what we we'll call transdermal monitoring or transdermal drug delivery, where you're really looking at, you know, monitoring people across across the skin, so you're doing it non-invasively, or how um, how people would make, perhaps deliver drugs, you know, similar to like the nicotine patches and things like that, and a lot of that um, work was understanding the skin and understanding the very dynamic nature of the skin. Um, And it was was really investigating some of the technologies around that, uh, working with sort of clinical teams or commercial teams. And Hmm. I attended a skincare conference. I thought it was more aimed at the kind of more medical end of skincare. Um, So I, I presented my part and then I sat down and I watched all the other presentations and I realized that um it was more to do with the kind of more cosmetic end uh of of, of skincare, uh even the kind of home self managed uh skincare. And it, the conference was really discussing many of the challenges that they had and some of the kind of upcoming challenges that they, they were going to face and how they were addressing them. And what became apparent to me was that uh whilst the specific technologies I was I was working on perhaps weren't relevant, but a lot of the underlying principles um could really help to address some of the challenges that they had, taking some of the um, device, uh, digital technologies, and, and even some basic engineering principles, and transferring that in into that space, to, and working uh, alongside the the chemistry around the formulation, uh, could open up a whole uh, raft of solutions that they weren't presently thinking about because they were really only Looking at the problem from a you know from a chemical ingredient formulation perspective, um, and and hadn't been into really opening their minds up to outside their own disciplines to to really having a multidisciplinary approach mm-hmm. to the problem. So that's where I that's where I kind of first came across it, and I decided actually that it, was, it was interesting enough and often exciting enough to um, to get into. So I actually spun uh, a company out of the the University of Strathclyde where I was working uh, kind of postdoctorally. And sought to to address some of these challenges uh, commercially rather than
0: than academically. Yeah, that's interesting. When, if something's going to happen transdermally, how many layers of cells would a substance have to go through in order to, for it to be considered to be uh, delivered transdermally? And um, it's it's
1: it's it's a very, it's a very interesting question. Um, the 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 skin is made up of of, of a number of larger layers. Um, you know, you think of the stratum corneum, the epidermis and the dermis being the kind of three subsections of the skin. Uh, the, the biggest challenge for people is actually uh, the uppermost layer um, of the epidermis, which is called the stratum corneum. And that's kind of, uh, there's actually four parts to the, to, to, to the epidermis, but the, the, the top one is the stratum corneum. And that is actually made up of about 20 cells uh, deep of, of dead keratinized uh, cells And the purpose of of that upper layer is to create a skin barrier from from the outside world. It's actually principally, one of its major functions is actually to to prevent water loss from from the body, to prevent the body from from dehydrating. So it's very tightly packed to prevent that. That's why um, burns victims, for example, can often die of dehydration because their skin barrier integrity has been been removed. Um, However... When it comes to delivering kind of molecules through the skin, either for medical purposes or for uh, cosmetic purpose, it's it, it's a challenging barrier um, barrier to get through. So that's why uh, you know salons and and skin specialist baths have, have come up with treatments such as uh, you know microdermabrasion and and uh, and other uh, and other techniques to try and remove that barrier and allow the ingredients to, to go deeper in but however um with some of these 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 methods particularly if, they, if it involves total removal of the stratum corneum it leaves the skin very very compromised for a number of weeks because it takes about six weeks probably for it to uh, to get back to a normal barrier integrity again um and you know today we're more conscious of, of things uh different types of pollution um in the air or or sun damage from from uv light and areas like that is where you really do want your skin barrier integrity intact but simultaneously you obviously want the efficacious ingredients that you're trying to deliver to the skin to be to be delivered and to really get the value from from the products you're getting and um understanding that dynamic nature of the skin is is a challenge uh you know both medically and and, and cosmetically so it's it's one of the okay. routes that I, I kind of came in Well,
0: um so I guess we're like plants in a way. Plants have like a waxy cuticle to prevent, you know, water loss. But we have instead we have a keratinized cuticle. Yeah, I guess you
1: would of, say that. It is. Yeah, it's a very good analogy.
0: So when um when we put something on our skin and it goes through our skin, it, it's not diffusing through these twenty layers of cells, right? Is it is it going in between the cells itself, or how does a substance get through that mm-hmm. outer keratinized layer? What is it literally doing?
1: Yeah, sometimes most of the time it's going between it's going the tracks between the cells. Um, it depends on the on the formulation itself. Um, you know, if, if it's kind of uh, fat soluble or water soluble or or um, and it depends on a number of other factors. And that's how um, prepared the skin is necessarily to receive the product. That can depend on things like how um, how much moisture is is absorbed. You know, if you you submerge your hands in water for long, they kind of go. That, that wrinkly way, where the, where the skin and the stratum corneum has absorbed a lot of water. Um, so things like, uh, you know, the humidity, um, of the environment that you're in, the the temperature is another major factor. Where, if um, you know, if, if the temperature is quite high and the humidity is quite high, then the the skin permeability, the ability of the product to go across that stratum corneum, increases uh when it is very very cold and it's very dry then often the uh the the the, the pores are 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 much tighter and, and harder to get through um and one of the challenges that I think we we've, we we've, really trying to, to to address here is is measuring these types of, of of parameters to know when the skin is is ready or um or help inform the, the person you know wh- when their skin is ready, or give them more information about their skin um, sites as well. Uh, different sites of the body, the, the stratum corneum is different thicknesses. So it's the thinnest around, you know, the eyes, and unsurprisingly, it's thickest on the, on the soles of the feet. But uh, different areas of the face, for example, have slightly different um, thicknesses as well. So uh, wh- where you apply it and the environment that you're that you're applying it in. Um, all, all make a difference to how how that product is absorbed, as well as the product itself and, and the ingredients and formulation. Um, but few people have really tied all of that, or nobody has really tied all that together in a way that an end consumer could could easily uh, benefit from.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I'm sure this is. I don't know if this happens all over the skin, but there's also bacteria and essentially a microbiome of the skin, right? Especially under the mm-hmm. armpits or. Various areas. Yeah. Does mm-hmm. that do, do they act as uh, gatekeepers to allow substances to pass through the skin, or how do they interact with the skin?
1: Yeah, the 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 micro microbiome is is a big area that that people are are, are researching uh, at the moment. Most people are are familiar with the the kind of microbiome concept from the food industry. You know, the kind of gut bacteria that help to, you know, that help with digestion and, you know, taking your probiotics and your, your healthy, you know, encouraging that healthy bacteria and all that kind of stuff. Um, the same, the same thing is, is, is the case for the skin. And it's a big area of, of research right now. Um, particularly when you're, you're doing things to the skin, be that applying topical products or, uh, using devices, technologies, procedures, um, what what products you use to clean your skin they can all interact with microbiome and you basically want a healthy microbiome is what it comes down to just pardon me just like the gut um, scenario where if you want healthy um, you want healthy balance in your skin for it to to maintain balance and if, if it swings vastly out of balance then that can there's evidence to suggest that 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 can lead to uh, skin conditions, uh, you know, similar to like psoriasis or eczema, you know, exhibiting similar, you know, itching, drying, kind of flaking, um, or, or or other skin problems that that need to be avoided. So when people try to go perhaps extreme with certain things, be that pH or um, or or other harsher ingredients that are are usually quite quite strongly regulated. Um, we're more conscious now of, of being careful uh, with those.
0: Okay. So when you were sitting in that meeting and you had presented and, you know, you, all of a sudden your mind was opened up as to new possibilities, what did you think of? You know, what's come of it since that, that fateful meeting? Yeah. You know, what are you working on? What products?
1: Well, the the, the first thing that, that, that came to mind was that um, people were really using kind of chemistry uh, alone. Now, at the end of the day, it's very there's parallels here with, with 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 the medical industry um with, with drugs for for example um if somebody has a skin condition or is trying to address a certain skin complaint be that you know skin redness or if it's you know lines and wrinkles or smoothness or moisture or whatever it is um it's likely to be a a product a topical product that's going to address address that concern um and, and the user will you know, buy a jar of cream, and they'll take off the lid, and they'll put their finger in it, and then they'll apply it to their to their face, and that's it. And kind of almost almost hope hope for the best. Um, and what was really apparent to me was there was there was no information loop. There was no nothing was closing the loop on that to to really support that consumer to achieve the optimal uh, results that they're looking for. They were having to do a lot of guesswork. And they were really unsupported in, in what they were trying to achieve, whereas they have gone very advanced in, in in many of the ingredients, but were not really supporting the user to to use them properly. So just taking on a, a basic principle such as um, closed-loop control, where you, you, you measure a situation and then you, based on that measurement, change something and then measure again to see what impact it is. And then decide whether you need to measure again. So, for example, if it's something like um, you know some, some skin moisture or something like that, you would you'd measure the skin moisture and say, right, okay, this is what what state your skin is in, and this is what it needs. And then you would dispense for the person the amount of products that they actually need uh, to use based on various factors. That could be the temperature, the humidity. It might be uh, what the UV index is outside. You know, um, to pre- you know to prevent aging, or the pollution index, or how much emollient they need, or whatever it is, dispense what they need, allow them to to apply that product, and then measure again to show, right, okay, you were quite dry to begin with, and we've applied the right amount that you need. We've measured again to make sure it's the right amount you need. And by the way, we've added some SPF. We've, you know, we've recommended some SPF here because the UV index outside is quite high. Um, that's that's taking technology that's that's available and has been applied in other industries to the to this industry to really just support that, that end user, because there's a lot of a lot of variables and a lot of factors that they would otherwise have to consider. Um, and well, all that technology is out there, you know, let's harness it and, and just make life a little easier for people uh, to, to get the results that they're looking for.
0: So how does it work? Do you, uh, do you sell a cream to people? They're using the Qtotronic system to to say, all right, uh, the cream affected me positively. Now I need less of it, or now I need a different formulation, or or literally well, how um, the system you have work? Yeah, um, it's it,
1: it's interesting. I think this is one of the things that we're doing quite uniquely. Um, whilst devices, uh, since we started, um, you know, devices and, and digital approaches have have you know rapidly increased, but a lot of what uh, technology companies are doing are producing their own. Kind of agnostic product, kind of self-branded, trying to work with everything. Uh, The approach that we're taking is we've got patented device technologies, and we've got digital platforms that um, work together. But what we do is we work B two B business to business. So we work with premium skincare brands to design for them their the system that they need to serve their customer. And by doing so, it allows us to really bespokely design the technology for their topical products and and really integrate in the three strands of of technology, uh, you know, engineering device technology, digital technology, um, information quantified self, and um, the the chemistry from the product so that we are there's there's a sort of symbiotic um, or synergistic benefit of of using the the three technologies uh, together. So for example, if we were working with, you know, Brand X, um, Brand X have created a product uh, that they have spent a lot of of time and effort um, sourcing the right ingredients, creating the right formulation, running through clinical trials where maybe the user Spent four to six. What if
0: you could learn about the ketogenic diet and metabolic therapy from the world's top scientists, physicians, and influencers in a four-day experience co-hosted by Dr. Dominic D'Agostino, who's been on the Tim Ferriss podcast in Los Angeles, California, January thirty-first to February third, twenty nineteen. If you want to hear about the latest scientific evidence on nutrition and metabolism and its potential to treat disease, increase longevity, improve athletic performance. And yes, help with weight loss. Metabolic Health Summit is for you. Some of the speakers include Dominic D'Agostino, PhD, Mark Sisson, Suzanne Ryan of Keto Karma, Thomas Seyfried, uh, who studies metabolism and cancer, Aubrey Marcus, Georgia Ead, MD, Matt and Mega of Keto Connect, and many, many more speakers. At this conference, we're going to dive into the research and learn how to apply it during real-world applications. With four days of presentations. There'll be nightly receptions with keto friendly drinks and appetizers. There'll be a scientific poster session that includes the latest research on ketosis, human optimization, and more. And there'll be new innovative products at the Metabolic Health Summit Keto Expo. You'll get to network with some of the world's most brilliant minds at the Metabolic Health Summit VIP Mixer and Gala Dinner. For physicians, this activity is jointly provided by Cedar Sinai Medical Center and the Metabolic Health Initiative. Cedar sinai is accredited by ACCME to provide continuing medical education for physicians. Earn up to 21.5 AMA PRA Category 1 credits by attending. If you're a registered dietitian, this event has received prior approval by the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics for 18 CPEs. Visit MetabolicHealthSummit.com or click on the banner and get your tickets before they're gone because it's coming soon. Remember, it's in Los Angeles, California, January 31st to February 3rd, 2019. We are only weeks away. This is a must-not-miss seminar.
1: Six weeks using the product twice a day in, in these trials, and they see a sort of, you know, 30% reduction in wrinkles or 60% reduction in age spots or, or, or whatever the result is of using that process. But then they take it um, and, and and sell it to the end consumer. Now the end consumer then buys that product and, and takes that product home, and you know, they've probably got a family, they've probably got work, uh, they've probably got other things to do, and it's do they, do they actually use that product to the same regimen that the results were achieved? Through clinical trial and the, the answer is unlikely it's unlike not many people are that disciplined to use the products as, as properly as possible as as, as could be and, that, and was done when the you know when, when the results were evidenced for claims so what we would do is we designed the, the the device to dispense the amount of products that, that they're one that that end user needs to, to make the measurements that that end user needs to to see the progress that they need. So if it takes four to six weeks to see the visible results from that product, how do you encourage them to to keep going? Because they are getting those benefits. And if you can measure those benefits and show them to it and just encourage them to, to keep going, it's like doing you know, sit-ups or something at the gym. You're not gonna see the results after the first time. It's the accumulated effect of of doing it. If you can show people progress bars or gamify it or or whatever else, it just helps people to really get the results that they're looking for and that's good for the end consumer because they're supported and it's and it's of course good for the brand because it's um it's helping to them engage with that consumer uh beyond the point of sale and if they're as far as deciding what products to use are concerned again um a device technology a device and one of the devices we have um is 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 a device that basically takes um refill units so help minimize plastics, but still retain that, that premium experience when, when handling, um, essentially the packaging, this kind of smart packaging in this case. Uh, if you, if we take refills of, of the topical product or maybe brought in on subscription, um, that device is connected to their phone for, for tracking progress. And some areas we've been called kind of Fitbit for skin, uh, for this reason. Um, and then by taking uh, other measurements from the phone, for example, an approximation of, of the geography. So it's midday where you are in Texas. I don't know what the temperature is outside, but I can probably assume it's going to be a lot warmer than it is here in Scotland um, in, right. in, in the evening. So um, you know, if it's if it's quite sunny outside, you would be recommended that actually you're probably probably going to need an a you know an uh, at least a factor of thirty SPF as part of your moisturiser whereas for me i'd probably be recommended something with a higher emollient factor because you know the temperature is hovering around zero degrees celsius and i don't even know what is that minus 37 fahrenheit i can't remember um we have very different needs is it 32 is it cheers
0: um
1: whereas if you're you know if if i was down in london or you were across in um you know new york city or something like that pollution air pollution might be the greatest concern um it's all, it's all dependent as to, to where we are, what our challenges is right now. And that's, that's quite core to what we're trying to achieve. And that's core to, to bringing in device and digital technology to support the chemistry that's there. Chemistry has been seeking to address personalization in, in, in skincare and beauty. But by bringing in engineering digital, what we're able to achieve and, and to show is adaptive personalization. Because your needs change day to day.
0: It sounds like there's there's, a, there's three levels of what could go on. So the first level right now is maybe someone looks at my particular skin condition or what kind of skin I have and says, "All right, use this cream on it." You know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I do that, and I may use it the right way, I may not. And then mm-hmm. the second level you were talking about is same scenario, but. Um, whatever systems you have inbuilt, make sure that I'm using the cream for four to six weeks, X number of times a day, and it's telling me, oh, here's my progress. Yeah. And then a third level I can envision is that, but a device that would look at me or my skin and say, oh, look, um, you, you your skin is responding in this way or that way. Here's the mm-hmm. data to show it, or here's what a scan of the skin shows. So keep going, uh, this is what Not you sure. should keep doing you know, for three more weeks and your skin is responding and here's the percent that it responded. That's, that's it. Yeah. So it's, it's helping to,
1: to, to take the kind of medical equivalents. It's helping essentially in, in consumer compliance in using the product properly to get the results that the products have been designed, designed to achieve. Um, and then it's in helping to kind of inform and encourage, um, that user to, to continue to, to use that product. Um, to take a, usually a preventative approach to skin care rather than a reactive approach to skin care and and younger um younger users are i think are more aware of the impact of of, it, of pollution and uv and um you know other factors on their skin and and how that affects their skin longer term than probably uh people were 20 years ago um so rather than kind of waiting till you've got a problem and trying to solve it how do we you know how do we help to support help the, the 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 consumer get the right product and use the right products at the right time to have maximum benefit to their skin and to to really be to be preventative is 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 trying to automate the expertise for that end user so they can self manage in a very kind of automated way and you've seen you've seen that in lots of lots of other industries um you know back in the day I, I don't know if you like taking, you know, photography or something like that, but you had the SLRs and you had to choose the aperture and you had to choose the the shutter speed and you had to manually focus and all the rest of it. It didn't make it accessible- it didn't make that expertise accessible to to, to a lot of people. Um, but by automating a lot of that that technology, your your focus by able to actually automatically like, set things um, and have even you know the the grids on the screen so you can do the laws the thirds and all the rest of it. It's it's taken that expertise, it's automated, it's made it accessible to to a much larger number of people, so they can really benefit from it. Um, you see that again with coffee machines, you know, whether you go to a bar to get a barista to make one for you, or Nespresso have basically automated all that expertise, and you can just press a button and have that done for you at home. Um, made it more accessible to, to 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 a wider set of people to get better results. Well, be the, that.
0: So, is the goal to um have people go back into their dermatologist mm-hmm. and the dermatologist has the equipment and monitors their progress and talks to them or do you want this all to happen you know with a, with an app on the smartphone or with mm-hmm. a device that the person uses but they don't have to I, go into a clinic and they can just you know guide themselves yeah. and then if so which conditions have you picked first and which ones is is actually in use for mm-hmm. or will be in use for I don't
1: yeah I, I don't see this I uh... Seeking to really displace any of what exists already. Uh, so if you take, um, in, in the US, dermatologists are are probably more prevalent than they are in, in a lot of Europe. Um, in, in Europe, there's a higher per, uh, prevalence of skin specialists, salons or spas that will use other types of technologies, be that, you know, like laser treatments or something like that. Um, um, or... Uh, if it's in department stores, you know, there's certain diagnostics that they might use at point of sale. Um, now, all of these are good and uh, all of these should should continue because then you, you have a true expert there uh, managing somebody's skin for them, uh, taking advanced uh, measurements, you know, giving sound advice. Uh, it, the most people would do that once a month, but that's still quite regular. But what do they do for the other kind of 30 days of the month? And how well do they do do they follow through on on the advice that's given. And that's where um our sort of for example the handheld um handheld device that we have that's connected to an app would would come in. It's really extending that expertise into the home and that's why we believe it has to be kind of bespoke and designed for the topical products that are being used, the brand that's being used, because the brand will be will have its own chemistry, will be seeking its own demographic, and solving a particular problem that that has expertise in. And when when the the user comes in to meet with them and, and maybe get, get a kind of consultation, wherever that is, uh, they will be essentially prescribed the the products that they they should be using and be given told how to use them. When they take them home, do they remember how to use them? Do they remember to use them? Do they use them as regularly? Um, are they going to be confident enough to use them for four weeks before they see the results? And when they go back to see that consultant, uh, even they can show this consultant their results, or the consultant can see, okay, you're t- you're telling me it's not working, but I can see you've only used it two, you know, two or three times this month. You know, that's not going to fly. Or actually, you've used this really well, and and here's let's look back at your advanced uh, your advanced stats a month ago or two months ago when when I last saw you um, I can see you've used it regularly I can see the the measurements from the device and if we repeat the, the test in store or in the dermatologists office that we did two months ago you look at the difference um kind of well done uh you, you you're doing well and you're looking after your skin and you're going to reap those results uh kind of later in life so it's taking it's designing it for them and extending that expertise but in an automated way that doesn't burden the end consumer that's what we're trying to achieve here
0: is so it what what stage are you at in uh deploying a solution like this Do you, you know is it out there or are you in the concept stages you know what's happening
1: yeah, so um the one I'm talking about just now is just one one of the devices. Uh there's there's a there's a couple of different devices, but just just to keep things simple, to keep things clear, I'll just talk about this one here. Uh, so so this one here is um it is a, a, a what we're terming a, a generic stage. So we have a, a a generic version of it that we can now differentiate for brands. So we can um we've we've developed we've we've, we've tested um, we're, we're demoing it. There's a couple of trade shows that we're going to be demoing it soon as well. And um, what we are doing now is we're in discussions with brands to say, right, how do we make your version of this technology? How do we understand what your business needs are? Uh, what is, you know, what's what's your your route to market? You know, what? Is, how how can we how can we extend your consumer omni-channel experience? using this technology. And as exactly as, as, as you pointed out, um, if it, if that's uh, a dermatologist based, perhaps in the US, or, or or coming from a dermatologist background, or if that's coming from a spa background, or if that's coming from a retail background, they're, they're all going to be slightly different on how they recreate the physical experience, the physical in the store experience and that, that consumer engagement, but extend that into an omni-channel experience for that end consumer um, and continue that relationship uh, beyond point of sale. So we're at the generic development. We've got it done. We just need to differentiate it for for each of the brands that
0: we're we're, we're going to be working with. Okay. Then, what, so what's ahead of the next six months or year? How far do you think you're going to be, you know, over that time? Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, so the next the next six months um, and, and year, it'll be taking uh, this particular product that we're talking about. Uh, to market uh with one of the brands it's a it, it's a sort of OEM turnkey white labeling model so it would be you know the you know the brand's device powered by Qtron technology to achieve what it's trying to do um in addition to that we've got another uh, another device project that we're we're developing as well um fortunately it's not something I can particularly go into much detail on um, and then there is extending the family of devices. For example, is, is the next thing we're going to be looking at is um, something like a benchtop scenario where we've got um, multiple uh, multiple topical products or, or ingredients within one device, so you can do a bit of kind of custom formulation. And also uh, on on track is expanding the, the kind of suite of diagnostics if you want to call it that uh, measurement technologies that we can include with with the device so each cream is set to address a particular problem for example if that is reduction in redness we need to be able to, to measure that reduction in redness if it's something like a tinted moisturizer we need to be able to measure the um the color of the skin and be able to apply the right amount of pigment to blend that the way that you want Sort of on the spot and then if you go outside or go on holiday for two weeks and get a tan and your skin tone changes you can then measure that and readjust um if it's lines and wrinkles wrinkles or something like that again it's just it's just measuring these parameters so that it matches up specifically with the target objective of the ingredients within the formulation to again just really support um and inform that user
0: well, oh, very good well, David. So, what's the best way for people to follow up, ask questions, you know, find out about your products?
1: Well, there's the the, the website. We we have a website, and we're, we're we're doing some more some more work on that just now, actually. Um, there's our Facebook page. You're very welcome to 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 drop some questions onto that, and the team will quite happily uh, get in touch and uh, and answer some of that. If you're an Instagram follower, we've got an Instagram, or or Twitter, of course, is another channel with uh, no shortages of channels we can communicate in uh, these days and of course we'd love to hear any any comments um, and uh, any questions that the people have uh, we're always looking for for people to uh, we, we're on user user studies with with our technology as well just to make sure that we're learning from how people engage with the technology and how people uh, what benefits what, what the kind of key features and benefits that people are looking for as, as well as kind of you know form factor and ergonomics and all that kind of stuff. So we do run those occasionally as well. So we're uh, always keen for volunteers, but um, we, we tend to source quite locally uh, for that, obviously for practical reasons. Um, but yeah, it's where we, we just love hearing from people because that's who we're, we're here to help at the end of the day. So the more we can learn from them and hear from them, the better. Well, very good, David. Well, thank you for coming. Thank you very much for your time, Richard. It's very much appreciated. And uh, yeah, it's been good to talk to you.